If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I'm wondering, I have never been to your house for, for knowing each other really, really well. Um, I have not visited your home and you have not visited my home, but we've, we've been together in many cities throughout the country. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you're willing to share this is kind of personal. Are you a hoarder or do you like clean things out? Like, where are you on the range of hoarding to throwing away precious things? Like a stuff in general just stuff in general know. like I'm thinking about classrooms because it's it's you know time to clean out the classroom <laughs> but but I wonder if this carries into personal life or if or if it's separate mm, oh that's a great question because um you know like as a teacher yeah like I I kept so much stuff for so long but my, the house that I live in now is s- much smaller than the house that I lived in when I was in Indiana. So in Indiana, I had this huge basement and storage closet and a giant garage. And I had all this space to be able to keep stuff. And mm, sure. here in Arizona, like you don't have basements in Arizona. Like I don't have that kind of storage here um, that I had. So I really, I had, I had to do some really hard cleaning out, not just of my teacher stuff, but of my personal stuff before I moved here. And I, I have to tell you, like, um, of, of all of us here in my house, I'm the one who I let go of things. I throw things out. I try to be more um, minimalist than um, anybody else in my house. My husband will keep, my husband has stuff from decades and decades. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. And I'm like, we don't have room for it. I would rather just get rid of things. Um, I keep a lot of books. I got to say, I I do keep a lot of books, but as a teacher, like that, that move from when I came from Indiana to here, um, that's when I actually got rid of a lot of the things that boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that I had been hoarding since my first year of teaching. So I had Mm -hmm. tons of stuff. I had, so this is on my mind because this week I had, um, I was cleaning off a bookshelf and I have this giant binder. It was probably a three inch, three ring binder, like really thick. And it it was called English eight. And I have not taught English eight in probably 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, and I flipped through it for some reason. It's moved like physically from house to house. It's Mm -hmm. moved from school to school, to office, to office. 
Yeah. I have not taught English eight in a very long time. And I'm flipping through these, you know, like the page protectors. And I'm thinking there's no way if I was ever to teach English eight again, I wouldn't do it this way. This is like before an LMS. So right. like, what am I doing? So yes. I finally threw it, the giant binder that's moved with me a bunch of times. I finally put it in the dumpster or like, you know, in the, in the trash at home because I thought this is really stupid, but I was holding on to it emotionally because I loved, I taught English eight for a decade, so yeah. a decade ago. And I really loved it. And I thought I did it really, really well. But mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, I have electronic files. I, w- I would never be teaching exactly that same, those same students again, or in that same building again. Like, so it's really crazy, but it makes me think of what happens after the end of every school year, which is you play that game, keep or toss, keep or toss Ooh. or donate or put on that table of free stuff in the lounge that we talked about at Christmas. But like, what, yeah. like, how do you decide to keep and toss? And if you're changing rooms or changing locations or teaching the same thing, sometimes you don't even know as you get into summer what you're going to do, but it's a real game. Keep or toss. How do you do it? Keep or toss in the classroom. Um, I remember. So the first thing that pops into my head is I liked to keep an ex- uh, an example of student work of something that had been done really well. So especially yeah. if it was like a project, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you can't necessarily just take a picture of it. Doesn't the picture of it isn't going to do it justice. You want right. to actually keep the student archive, you know, if, if they will let you, if it was a really cool mm-hmm. project. So I remember keeping some student work, um, things that were really done well that just didn't, you couldn't preserve electronically. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would say is probably worthwhile because having examples of student work to show students when, you know, the time comes, if you're going to do that project again, Mm -hmm. may be very helpful to have. But as far as like lesson plans and like old tests and anything that you, anything that you can keep electronically, like I'm from when I, I, I told you, I started teaching in the dinosaur age. Like I couldn't, not the dinosaur age, but you know, before we could scan things in and keep everything electronically. So um, my children think it's dinosaur age, but whatever. But I couldn't keep electronic files. So I had boxes and boxes and boxes of paper. That is no longer necessary. So it it kind of drives me crazy when I walk into classrooms and there are boxes and boxes and boxes of paper. It's not necessary. Well, I kind of look at filing cabinets and I'm like, what are you filing in there? Like what's possibly in that filing cabinet? But it makes me wonder, like in in some ways it kind of feels like taxes. Like, do I need to keep this for seven years? Because you think (laughs) of that final exam. Like, so even if you're good at passing back everyone's papers at the end of the week or after it's graded, you're still holding on to one final piece because they don't come back to class for the final exams. You're holding on to those exams. Now I will say you should keep it through the summer. So leader hat on right now, keep them tell the first day of school for sure yep. because mm-hmm. there could be someone who questions the grade halfway through the summer or something went wrong on a transcript or something right I'm definitely thinking with a middle school high school brain here but definitely keep them to the fall but also keeping them over time it's kind of fun to send them off to like if you teach fourth grade hold on to some stuff until those become eighth graders and give them back oh. to them when they're in eighth grade so <gasps> if you already that. if you're already hoarding <laughs> things like you might as well hold them for a little while and then pass them <laughs> back out and let them be nostalgic on the last week of school um 
or first day of school, first grade, first day of eighth grade, don't you want to pass them something? Or, and we've talked about this, passing up some good pieces of work to that next teacher so that they keep the bar high when they move on to the next teacher and you know that their writing skills or their math skills are still what they gave to you because I'm sure they worked hard for you and you want that next teacher to feel like they're getting the best of them. So student work, totally. I think you can do some practical things with it. Um, yeah, for sure. But all that other stuff, I mean, sometimes this was really silly of me, but I would keep like extra copies. Let's, let's say I had a class of 21. All right. I remember I had one year I had a class of, or, you know, throughout the day I had 88 students. And so I'd always make 90 copies of something. And then I'd hold on to those last two because then the next year I was thinking I could make like two less copies. Like how stupid was that? Oh, I because did then that I too. Had a, did you? Okay. So I had a filing oh, yeah. cabinet of like stuff that had like two copies or seven copies, or I changed some things on that, but I didn't remember it so then there's old versions and new versions of worksheets oh okay but I was also I was also a department chair for a while and Mm -hmm. it would occur to me that well maybe you know when a new teacher comes in or something like I was very big on like I wanted to share with people because I just Mm -hmm. remember in my first couple of years being just so grateful if another teacher would share something with me and be like well you know here's an idea here just take you know take this and maybe you can do something with that or you know Mm -hmm. whatever I was always so grateful so I always had extra copies of things thinking that maybe somebody might you know find a use for it. Not necessarily, (laughs) oh, I'm going to reuse this with my next class, but to share with other teachers. I was big on Mm -hmm. sharing, you know, whatever ideas with other teachers. (laughs) Kids always lose papers too. So it's like, oh, here's a new one. Here's your blank one. And again, we are dating Mm -hmm. ourselves because so much of this is happening electronically at this point that you're not going to be able to make these copies. But that also means the carryover. Like how do you archive your courses in your LMS is really important. Um, So let me just give you one trick of the trade right now as you're thinking about next year is instead of calling things like this is the week of September 3rd, or this is the week of whatever, whatever, put it as week one, week two, week three, or days one through 10. So even as you're thinking electronically through your files or your student um, information system, try to think about how can it be more timeless. So when you archive right now, so right now when it's fresh in your head and you're about to hit archive and Google Classroom or wherever you are, Canvas, think about how can you clean it up enough so that when it makes a copy, for the fall, it makes a little bit more sense. So do yourself a favor right now. The Your August self will thank you if you um, <laughs> clean it up electronically before you save it or before you archive it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Jill, those are great ideas. Good conversation. But I, that is the bell. So we are going to have to go. Thanks for the energy boost. We do love exploring ideas and affirming the efforts of teachers. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas. And hopefully we're helping out our fellow teachers. We will see you next time.